Welcome back to the Run Radio Podcast. I'm Trina, and my guest today in the writer's room is Gina Ramsey. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for taking time away from your big girl job. (laughs) As you said, in order to be on the podcast, I know that time is very valuable, especially when you're juggling juggling things like your other job or your other passions and then the the thing that pays the bills. So talk a little bit about that and how that is for you. Yeah. So I work a full-time job. I'm a social worker, medical social worker by trade. So that's my big girl job. And so I, I, my husband got into wanting to do a a business and, um, because his, he was in drywall, he got like really exhausted. He's like, I just need, I want to do something. So I got him into his passion and then I'm like, well, what about my passion? So I decided to write my book at the same time we're doing all of this. And so it's, you know, it's, it can be strenuous from time to time, but I guess just trying to stay organized and just realizing that I got done what I got done today and the rest will be there tomorrow. So that's the truth. How did you figure out what, what it was that you wanted to do? Because sometimes we do get so tied up in our day to day that it's hard to think, well, what else would fulfill me? Yeah, that's a great question. So I started with my bachelor degree in, uh, I started in the nursing field, actually, and I had a, my father passed away and then my niece was killed in an automobile accident. And I thought, you know what, like, do I really want to do this nursing thing? Do I want to have to tell families that bad news and all of this stuff? So I thought, you know what, I need to shift. And so uh, I picked up some art courses at the university and I thought, you know what, I love this. Like I want to do art. And so mm-hmm. I went with the safer option, which is graphic design, you know, where there's jobs right? <laughs> and I came out of school and couldn't find a graphic design job because you need three to five years of experience. But I, I feel like life. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. My my cat okay. is pulling books off the bookshelf. Oh, how funny. <laughs> this is my, this is my life. Him. If you're hearing that, it's just him. <laughs> but no. anyways, um, yeah. So, but I feel like life leads you in paths that you're supposed to be going and it, and it opens up those doorways of, of visibility to what your next, next step is going to be. So I ended up working at a, a women's shelter uh, as an advocate, um, for women who were anyone who wasn't impacted by, uh, domestic violence. And, um, but the cool thing was, was I was able to use my graphic design skills while I was at that agency, but in working with people, I found my next passion, which was, I really love helping people and helping them find resources. So that led me to my master's in social work. And it's just crazy because like what I'm doing now with the book, it really lends to that, the healthcare industry that I'm in, the de-stressing, which is, well, laughter helps you to de-stress and helping people to laugh. And then I also help other humor writers find resources to help them reach their next level where they would like to be with their writing career. So, um, so it like is all, I feel like it's all connected. 
Of course. That is so neat. So yeah. How did the comedy and the laughter and all get rolled in there? Yeah. So for, we moved to Wisconsin in 1992 from the Chicagoland area. And we started having all these like crazy mishaps happening. All right. I think we got our glitch fixed. So you yeah. have moved and we were yep. talking about the humor of it all. Yeah. So we moved to Wisconsin. We started having all these Murphy's Law crazy things happening. And I would tell people my stories and they're like, oh my gosh, you have to write a book. Like these things are hilarious. And so through the years, I kept saying, I got to write a book. And then each time something else happened, I'm like, oh my gosh, so, so have to write a book. And so um, we actually did have a glove box that burnt up. And when that happened, I decided that's got to be the title of the book. So I sat down at my computer and started writing the list of possible titles for all of the stories. And people are like, how did you remember all that? I'm like, it's, it's all burnt into my head. Like, <laughs> So I wrote my, my kind of table of contents, if you will. And I put it in a folder and I titled it burnt glove boxes, carried it everywhere. I went for over 20 years. What? Went on vacations, took my folder with me, went, you know, just on a out of town, you know, just I would always keep it in a bag with me in case I might start writing right. in my busy time, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but I also thought if I have another story, I'll pop it on there. And then I started popping other people's stories on there because they're, of course, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, you got to hear this story of mine, you know? Yeah. So I would jot theirs down, carried this folder around for over 20 years. Oh and goodness. in November 21, I decided to start writing during NaNoWriMo, which is November writing month. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Tell people a little bit about that. They don't know what that is. I have heard yeah. of it. Yeah. So I had a, a really good friend that um, it, it, I'm a part of a group of women who entrepreneur women, and many of them are published authors, which I was like, like a bug to the light. Yes, <laughs> I'm like, yes. really? Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but it's the leader of our group. She told me about this. And I said, well, how much does it cost? And she said, it doesn't cost anything. You just sign up and you make your goal of how many words you want to write during the month of November. And you start writing, writing your book. The goal is, is that you write a novel in the month of November. Um, you know, I feel like I, I wouldn't want people to shy away from it because they're like, Oh, I can never do that. I felt like it was a really great launching point for me to really get in there, start writing, you know, stop, talking and doing yeah. it. And then I finally finished uh, the book in, you know, my transcripts in uh, 22, in spring of 22. Did you ever feel like you wish you would have started sooner or that, you know, that you procrastinated too long? Yeah. You know, I've, I try not to go down that road um, again, because I feel like life opens the doors when the doors are supposed to open. Yeah. And, you know, you can sit there and, and say, could have, should have, would have, um, all you want, but that's like, you can focus on that and not focus on moving forward. And so I really feel back then I didn't, I didn't know, like, 
what's the next step? Like once it's written, how do you find a publisher? I don't know how to do all this stuff. And so I think that was uh, a fear that was kind of speaking to me. And um, so, you know, now my kids are grown. My kids weren't grown then. I was running from thing to thing with them, sports and whatnot. And so I had the freedom to do it now. And then also in that entrepreneur group, uh, the owner of uh, Highlander Press is part of my chapter. And so I just felt, I feel like these people are kind of, here's another person, here's another resource. So it all worked out the way it was supposed to. Good. I think that's important for people to hear that if the timing isn't right, it's okay. You don't have to completely write it off, (laughs) but you can just sit on it and give it time to breathe and the space that it needs. So when the time is right, that you're as ready as you're going to be. Absolutely. So let's talk about publishing. I know there are so many how, what, this, that hybrid self, traditional. What did you do? What do you suggest to people who are just lost? Yeah, great question. <laughs> so I had no idea. I I was not into the publishing thing. I I walk this kind of blindly, if you will, with, you know, uh, some higher power guiding me (laughs) and place in my resources. Um, I went with, um, Highlander Press as a hybrid publisher. So they're a mix between traditional and self-publishing. So you, they, you know, with Debbie Keevan, she's the, um, chief inspiration officer with them. She offers, like, when you sign on with them, you you get into a cohort of writers that are going to be publishing in the spring. And so she offers classes and she teaches the process through the way and the reasons for why your cover is important, the X, Y's and Z's of that, you know, why the, I don't know, the, the, your design, like have that cover design, why the, um, with the different types of editing and why those are important. So I felt like that was the good decision for myself because I had no idea what I'm doing. And it was, it was enough um, education and guidance along the way her and um, her marketing person, Suzanne, um, they're always available to answer questions. So um, that was a good decision for me. Debbie and a lot of other publishers, I think, speak on, they can speak on what the different types of publishing are and what the pros and the cons of each one are. And so I know a lot of people who have self-published very successfully. And, but for me, my comfort level is just not there. I like having that guidance. I like having that person that go-to person in case I have a question. Um, So I don't think there's any right or wrong way. I think uh, the wrong comes in that if some, somebody's self-publishing, you know, pay to have your cover, pay a designer to do a cover um, and pay to have it edited. Um, Don't just pop it in there without, without the different types of editing, because that really can make or break a book. 
I ha- even had one gentleman author on, and he even talked about how him and some of his friends formed a book group and they beta read for one another. And those can be so valuable because you just don't always catch stuff yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's something to keep in mind too. It's um, almost every book out there has, has an error. And so when I received my first copy and I was yeah. so excited, I started looking through it and I went, <gasps> I oh, found no. something after all of these edit Aww. after edits, after edits. And I was just mortified. And Debbie said, just, just calm down. <laughs> Every book has something. And I'm like, but, but, yeah. <laughs> and for me, I'm still like, kind of clenching to that, but I, yeah. I had to let it go. And people are loving the book. They're not going, you know, in this chapter on yeah. this section, you know, so. Good. Yeah. We don't want you to get discouraged from writing no. at all. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so where do you think you will go? Will you probably continue hybrid? Do you see yourself fully self-publishing down the road? Yeah, I at this time I'm gonna stick with Highlander Press. Um, we when when I initially had my conversation with Debbie after she reviewed a, a section of my transcript and she decided, you know, this this is a great uh, fit for for her agency. Um, I had told her about my vision, and this vision goes back that twenty something years. I wanted to turn this into similar to Chicken Soup for the Soul, an anthology, right. but instead of inspirational stories, have it be Murphy's Law stories. So we'll have open submission periods for people to send them in. Yeah. So she knows she's got the education in this, in this industry. Yeah. And I just really feel the one thing I learned when my husband and I were opening our other business through doing business classes, if there's something you do not know how to do, take, take the time and, and use your resources to hire the professional to do it. We're not yeah. experts in all the things. And so, um, so yeah, I, and I've had a really great working relationship with them. So I, um, I'm going to just keep going at hybrid. I had a dream last night that somebody was telling me you need to self-publish. I'm like, yeah, I woke up this morning. I'm like, Mm-mm. <laughs> not yet. No, don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So where, where do you see your writing going here? You said the anthology, do you have any ideas to break off and do anything different? Or is that your focus for the next period of time. Yeah. So, um, I'm part, I'm one of the facilitators for a group that spun out of the Irma Bomba conference. Um, and we call it the germinators, um, with not, uh, germinators, but germinators. So for Irma, um, and, uh, the facilitators of myself, we are, uh, discussing possibly doing, working on an, uh, old book. So, aging issues that happen to women that are absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so it'll be, a, it'll be a humor book. And I'm so lucky to have these two ladies in my corner. We all pretty much have the same sense of humor. We feel that things don't have to be disgusting or there's some disgusting and burnt glove boxes, but you don't have to go over the top with those things, or you don't have to have a bunch of filthy language to be funny because life is funny. So, um, so we're working on that. And then, um, and then we have another 
uh, side group in that, um, that it's uh, humor and healthcare, but, and so we're looking at doing an anthology with a bunch of the members that have experienced healthcare mishaps. However, there's a lot of healthcare stories that aren't super Mm -hmm. funny. So I think that one's really going to be a mix of, you know, a little bit of humor here and there, but really highlighting like some of these things that people are really experiencing while trying to navigate the healthcare system while they're ill and the crazy comments they get from people and from providers. And so we really want to, to put a spin into that and really hone into that and make people feel like they're heard. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, I, I've said so many times, to other people, myself, you have to be your own health advocate. And some, I don't feel like some people even know where to begin. And they, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, they have these funny, crazy stories happen to them, but at the core of it, it could cost them their health and they need to know when and where to speak up and say, this is not okay. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, So, and we feel um, the one leader, Julie, Um, So it's Julie, Renee, and I were the leaders of the group. And Julie is very passionate about this. She had um, a couple of um, cancers at the same time. Mm -hmm. And she was at a corporate job and this, this, all of this system and like not being able to find help. And she's trying to navigate this. And so she has a book out as well called my healthcare is killing me. And it's just amazing how she puts just a little bit of humor spin into things, but mm-hmm. it's not a funny book. It really right. is just like, what the heck? It was one turn after another. So um, she is very passionate about this. And this is actually her baby. Um, she leads the group and um, and we kind of follow along. <laughs> but excellent. she does it beautifully. Yes. She does it beautifully. And really to come out on the other end and still have a sense of humor and and really have a passion for trying to help others is so remarkable. When I I agree with you that humor is, it's everything. If you don't have it, sometimes this stuff will just eat you alive. Mm-hmm. How do you thread that into your writing carefully? Because, you know, you hear comics talk about writing their jokes and how it's such a process that you do have to be careful with the the way you're wording things and where the timing is. Has that been a struggle for you? Did you have a learning curve with that? You know, there was no learning. I just started writing. And that's the crazy part of this. Um, I started reading about writing humor after the fact. Okay. And so when Debbie read my sample, she's like, oh my gosh, you're really a natural at this. She said, your writing reminds me of Irma Bombeck, you know? Um, And I, I thought, well, that's really cool, you know, but I just went in blindly. I just wrote the stories. I did know one thing though, like you have to, when I'm telling you stories, I'm doing this and expressions on the face. You have to be able to project that and bring your reader next to you through those experiences. Mm -hmm. So as I was doing my writing class or um, writing my book, I started taking some writing classes with um, a professional writer and she um, teaches the structure of writing. Now she's not a humor writer, she's memoir, but she, these are memoir stories as well, but they just are funny. Right. Um, But 
she teaches how to weave compassion and what's the inner story? What is your reader supposed to take from this? And so that really helped me. I had to take a pause on my writing and take us and take a break. And then I went in with those lessons and it was so helpful. And I still, you know, my stories still need work from time to time. And that's yeah. where Debbie and the editors come in. Um, that's with any book, but um, there, there's one thing that they say in humor writing, you never, ever want to punch down, you want to punch up. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so punching down would mean like picking on people who are more disadvantaged or whatever, um, punching up would be, you know, a you know, politicians, rich, rich people or whatever. I don't like punching up on anybody, honestly. <laughs> I just like, it's mean, <laughs> but yeah. um, being able to, there's one story I have in there and it's about this, this, perf- um, uh, it's in a Disney story and mm. it was a cast member that my daughter and I seem to be magnets to people who like to trap you and talk to you about random stuff that doesn't make any sense and (laughs) so um so that writing class helped me to restructure that in a way that didn't make this gentleman look like a bad person or like um it it helped me to structure it as of what was he dealing with yeah. What were the underlying things he was dealing with? And he happened to find a couple of friends that would listen to him. And so I feel like it, it helped me to recreate that story in a way that that made him look like he just needed somebody to talk to. So which is probably the case, honestly. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, so I'm I'm still reading books on writing and learning. And it's funny, I'll read those uh, humor writing books, how to write humor. And I'm like, oh, I did that. Oh, I did that. <laughs> oh, that's going to feel good, though, to, to know you're on the right path, you know, that yeah. you haven't completely done everything. Absolutely. Backwards. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you enjoy the learning process of it all? I do. I think it's fascinating. And the funny thing is, is I was not an English student in high school. Yeah. College, I did all right with it. But high school, I was like, I am not reading that book. I am not. Nope. 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 (laughs) Yep. And I had no interest unless it was something that I was interested in, like teen magazine. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it's amazing how we how we grow up (laughs) as we age. And I just find the whole process so interesting and so amazing. And I'm just like, I feel like I'm a sponge to want to learn more and more and more about the craft. So what else, what do you do to refill your cup? Like, are you an active person that has to have, you know, their set amount, amount of walking or exercise, or are you a low key yoga person? None of the above. What, what gets you the mental juices? Yeah. It's so funny. I, I, I was a uh, half marathon and, you know, 10 K runner, never did the marathon um, before COVID. And then I started doing some of these virtual half marathons Mm -hmm. once that happened. And I'm like, I don't get a banana. I don't get cheering. (laughs) So I gave up on it. 
And so, you know, gain the COVID-19 pounds. And um, <laughs> so I, I know with all certainty, I got to get back into exercising and fitness. Um, I just try to do walks when I can um, and just, you know, do like some, you know, leg lifts and different things like yeah. that. Um, but I think how I fill my cup is I just close everything down and I just chill out. Ah, it's very yeah. important mm -hmm. when yeah. you're pushing out all of this mental energy and it's, it can be very exhausting. So that's yeah. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> all right. Tell us where we can follow you, keep up with you, get your book. Yeah, absolutely. So my website is www.ginaramseyauthor.com. And there's links on there to get the book, but you can you can order it off of Amazon or you can go to any of your local indie bookstores or Barnes and Nobles. They they'll all order it for you. So um, so that's a really nice thing. And I'm on a, a bunch of different media, uh, social media platforms. So I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, which is now X. Don't understand it, but <laughs> I'm going with it. <laughs> LinkedIn. So I'm on a lot of the different social medias. So um, yeah, it's very exciting. And I look forward to uh, what's going to come in the future with this. Thank you so much for sharing and uh, letting us have a little peek into your world. I do. I really hope you come back when you're ready for that next phase. I want to follow the series. I think this is exciting to learn and very great to share with people. So thank you very much, Gina. Thank you so much, Trina. I appreciate it. Yes. Be sure you're following along at Run Radio Station and listen anytime at runradio.net.